Hello and welcome to Jonathan's Verdicts. I'm Jonathan Simeone. The title of this episode is I Won't Vote for Bloomberg. The verdict for this episode is Nothing the centrist can say will make me vote for Bloomberg. At the outset, I want to remind everyone that I don't edit these podcast episodes and I have no script. They are just a chance for me to say whatever's on my mind. I've covered some of this in a couple of earlier podcasts, but it's such a critical issue that I think it deserves its own episode. And this is very real. Obviously, beating Trump is a paramount concern. And I am prepared to vote for candidates that I don't like. I'm prepared to vote for candidates that I don't really want to see as president. I will vote for any Democratic candidate in the race right now except for Michael Bloomberg. If Bloomberg is the Democratic Party's nominee, I will not vote for president. I will vote. I will vote on the down-ballot elections. I will vote on the ballot questions. But I will leave the presidential vote blank. And here are my reasons why. Uh, and for those who don't know, and in case it's not as obvious as I think it is, uh, I am a middle-aged white man. Uh, but I cannot at all condone someone as racist as Michael Bloomberg being the Democratic nominee for president. His comments about 95% of murderers being uh, men of color, young men of color, is not only statistically false, but it tells you a lot about what he believes. And since those comments were made in 2015, when Bloomberg was 72 years old, they can't simply be explained away by, well, he's young, well, he grew, he changed. No, they were made five years ago. Five years ago, Bloomberg talked about 95% of murderers being young men of color, about the need to throw them up against the wall and frisk them for guns. He said that the stop-and-frisk policy uh, didn't check enough minority uh, people and checked too many white people, even though the data demonstrates that uh, 80% of those stop-and-frisked uh, in New York City were uh, brown and black men. Um, it is absolutely outrageous. And then when you add to that, his comments that the financial crisis was caused by uh, the end of the racial practice of redlining, you have someone who is clearly racist, just overtly, clearly racist, despite 
whatever nonsense his publicists have told him to say, this is someone who in his heart is racist. Uh, and for those who don't understand or know, uh, redlining was a practice where the federal government would not insure home loans in neighborhoods that were predominantly black. So essentially what Bloomberg was saying was that when the government decided to uh, back mortgages in predominantly black neighborhoods, it caused the financial crisis. Uh, that is just an outrage when you look at what actually happened with banks preying on poor people and people of color with subprime mortgages. Uh, how someone could say a thing like that is is despicable. And again, that comment was made in 2018, or 2008, excuse me, uh, when Bloomberg was 65 years old and a senior citizen. He had been mayor of New York um, for, what, six years by then? Uh, and that's what that was the the racist nonsense he was peddling. Bloomberg's company has been sued, I think it's forty or more times, uh, for a culture of toxic sexual harassment. Um, and now here's the thing: I I don't know what actually happened, obviously, in these cases, but the sheer volume says something. And the other thing is uh, Bloomberg's spokesperson through his campaign, Bloomberg is refusing to release women from their non-disclosure agreements. He is also refusing to release any of his own depositions in these lawsuits. Um, and so that tells you something because if there was no toxic culture, if Bloomberg doesn't have a history of saying disgusting, sexist, awful things to and about women, uh, and if Bloomberg testified under oath in his depositions, then there wouldn't be uh, a lot there to need to cover up. Um, if the women didn't have relevant, uh, credible things to say, then releasing them from their non-disclosure agreements wouldn't be an issue. So again, uh, when someone really takes major efforts to hide the truth, you really have to wonder why they're doing that and what they're hiding. So it's reasonable to conclude, especially when you look at some of the things Bloomberg has said about uh, life as a billionaire in Manhattan is a, is a wet dream and some of the other disgusting things he's admitted to. Uh, there's a lot of evidence there to support the idea that Bloomberg is also sexist. So now we have to address the issue of the funding uh, because it does matter. Bloomberg is promising to spend at least a billion dollars of his roughly $61 billion fortune on the campaign. To put that in context, Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign 
spent a billion dollars, including her outside support, a billion dollars. So Bloomberg is promising the most expensive political campaign in the history of the United States of America. And even if he were to spend, let's say, $2 billion, which would, you know, double the previous record, he would still have 59 or $60 billion of personal wealth. This demonstrates the perversity, uh, if that's a word, <laughs> of wealth in this country. Uh, the idea that someone by themselves could spend double what any political campaign has spent before and still be the richest person on one of the richest people on the face of the earth is disgraceful. It's absolutely disgraceful. And when you compare that to the 87 million Americans who are uninsured or underinsured, the hundreds of thousands of Americans sleeping on the street, uh, the people who've gone bankrupt because they don't have health insurance, uh, the people who are struggling to feed their families, it's a moral outrage. It is a moral outrage that someone has this much money and can spend it on a presidential campaign. But how is Bloomberg spending his money? Because that also has a big role to play here. He's been rolling out high-profile endorsements lately. And not surprisingly, a lot of these, the people who have been endorsed by Bloomberg, are also people whose campaigns benefited from Bloomberg's donations. In some cases, he donated directly to the campaign. And in other cases, his political, uh, you know, his, his organizations have backed the candidates. This is what people hate about politics, how on the take all these people are, how so much of what they say and do is at least correlated with where their money comes from. Um, how many of these people would endorse Bloomberg if he hadn't spent millions on their campaign. And I'm not going to single anybody out because there are so many. It really wouldn't be right. There are articles online detailing the number of endorsers of Bloomberg who've also benefited from his money. And I think if this interests you, you really should look at that because it, it, it is a critical piece of the puzzle. You know, do these people actually care about Bloomberg's candidacy? Do they think he's a good, he's a good, uh, candidate? Or do they want to make sure he funds their campaign in 2020? Which raises a very interesting, interesting question as this goes on. If Bloomberg is simultaneously running for president himself, and organizations affiliated with him or Bloomberg directly are contributing to other candidates. Uh, how is that not a conflict of interest? How is that not offensive to people? Um, and we've, you know, there's the issue of the whole uh, Bloomberg 
gives money to the DNC, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, he donates to state democratic parties. And the Democratic National Committee changes the rules to allow Bloomberg onto the, de- onto the debate stage. Um, he literally bought a rules change. He literally bought a rules change. And the other thing, the last thing that needs to be pointed out here is there's all kinds of criticism in the Democratic Party that Bernie Sanders didn't do enough for Hillary Clinton, even though he ran dozens of campaign events for Clinton, traveled to many states on her behalf. There are a lot of people in the Democratic establishment who blame Sanders in part for Clinton's loss. They blame Sanders for not being uh, an official Democrat. But here's the thing. Mike Bloomberg has been a Republican. He ran for mayor initially as a Republican. He endorsed George W. Bush. As recently as 2016, he gave money to Republicans running for Congress. Uh, most notably, I think, is when he gave money to Republican Senator from Pennsylvania, Pat Toomey, who barely won in 2016. Uh, and now, of course, we all talk about the desperate need to flip the Senate. Well, Bloomberg's campaign cash is one of the reasons Republicans control the Senate today. It's one of the reasons why taking back the Senate in 2020 is going to be difficult. And yet the establishment Democrats, many of whom have also received contributions from Bloomberg, are now overlooking his racism and sexism and trying to tell us that he's the candidate we have to support. He's the candidate who can beat Donald Trump. And all of this leads to why I will not vote for Mike Bloomberg. No, I don't want Donald Trump to win, but an election between two racist, sexist billionaires. Uh, admittedly, I think Bloomberg would be a, a far better president than Trump. That is something I cannot support. I cannot support two racist, sexist billionaires when one of them is literally trying to buy the presidency. I will not sacrifice my own integrity, my own moral values to do that. If the Democratic establishment wants to nominate someone who is kind of like Donald Trump, Trump light, let's say, uh, I will not vote for the Democratic Party's nominee. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jonathan's Verdicts.